welcome to Christ Covenant Chapel podcast with Reverend Kingsley Ayesu. We are a Bible-believing church with a sole purpose of positively impacting our generation. We are elated that you joined us. Wherever you're connecting from, we believe your life will not be the same. Now, let's tune in to today's life-changing message. Hello, friends. What a joy to be with you once again. Thanks for meeting here and allowing me into your space while we do life together. I hope you are being blessed. Human nature is such that our gratitude ceases when our troubles multiply, primarily because we have temporary amnesia. It's the 11th month of the year. Maybe when you take a walk down memory lane, you feel God has not proven himself faithful in your life. Maybe your expectations were not met. Maybe your prayers have not been answered. Maybe you heard some evil report. Or things are even worse than when you began the year. Ladies and gentlemen, our inner attitudes do not have to reflect our outward circumstances. For this week's podcast, I want to indulge us for a moment as we near the end of the year. I want to speak to us on the subject, God is faithful. Yes, God is faithful. In the midst of hardship, tragedy, and unanswered questions, it is difficult to see God at work. How do we hold on to our faith during these times? How do we trust God is working all things for our good and his glory? The sacred historian, having finished his narrative of the partition of the land, deems it a fitting opportunity to bear witness to the fact that God had proved equal to his word. So he writes in Joshua chapter 21, verse 43 to 45, saying, and I quote, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers and not a man of all their enemies stood against them the lord delivered all their enemies into their hand not a word failed of any good thing which the lord had spoken to the house of israel all came to pass I hope you were paying attention to the emphasis on all. Israel's story welcomes us with open arms, summons us into the living room, and invites us to sit down a while and listen. Listen to the sacred historian as he takes us on a journey to prove God's faithfulness. Friends, does it seem like you will never get out of debt? Does it appear that your marriage is nearly over? 
Are you discouraged because your career seems to have come to a standstill? Has a doctor's report left you feeling hopeless? As a blood-bought, faith-filled, redeemed and sanctified child of God, Holy Ghost-filled and heaven-bound, your future is greater than the circumstances you see around you today. You are not going under, you are going over. You are not sinking, you are soaring. You are not defeated, you are destined to rise higher. If you don't feel that way, let me assure you of this, that with God, all things are possible. Here are a few points for consideration today. Number one, God promised them. God promised them. God had promised their fathers. Unfortunately, their present reality was making the promise look like a mockery. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to know that blessings are all the sweeter from contrast with previous trials. Poverty teaches thankfulness for riches. Labor enhances subsequent rest. It is the lame man healed that leaps and runs in joy of his newfound powers. Angels can never know the delight of exclaiming, Once I was blind, now I see. It is the pained in the body who will be overjoyed to experience ease. Withdraw a little and try to obtain a comprehensive glance as history past and present and your faith will be confirmed in the accomplishment of the Almighty's purpose concerning mankind and the building of your faith cannot fall. God speaks good things to the house of Israel. Good things, that is, of her future, exceeding great and precious promises, words on which he causes us to hope. Man lives not in the present only. The past clings to him. The future presses on him, especially this future, near and further. In the case of Israel, God covered all this darkness with his good words of hope. He would go before them. He would bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. No enemy can stand before them. Vineyards they had not planted, cities they had not built would be theirs. They would find an earthly dwelling place singularly suited for their, for their habitation, fertile for their sustenance secure for their safety, central for the diffusion of their truth. It seemed impossible that these words should not fail. When Moses brought them, the people believed not for anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. How could such promises be redeemed? They, a nation of slaves, whose spirit was ground out of them, their oppressor, having a standing army, strong in cavalry. Impossibilities multiplied as they advanced. By the route they took, they found themselves hemmed in by ranges of hills on either side. Sea in front, foes behind them. How could they reach the other side? 
there were desert difficulties, or rather I should say impossibilities, as to water and food. How could they possibly dispossess the Canaanite nations much stronger than themselves? It seemed impossible. But God had made a promise to them. Number two, he fulfilled all his promises. The emphasis, ladies and gentlemen, is on the little word, all. All the promises were fulfilled. Bible says, all came to pass. All means all. Everything inclusive and nothing exclusive. The text said, not a word failed of any good thing the Lord had spoken. Not a word failed. The sea was crossed. The desert had its food and water. Bashan was subdued. Jordan was crossed. The whole land possessed. And all this took place easily without any hitch whatsoever. So long as Israel was willing simply to go on. And from then on till now, the experience of the Church of Christ has on a large scale and with invariable uniformity been that however impossible the fulfillment of God's promises might seem, they have all been realized exceeding abundantly above all that we asked or thought of. God is the same today as yesterday, not further from us in heart, not feebler in powers. His anointing is not exhausted. He is still fresh to do what he has promised. And if we faithfully follow on in the way in which he leads us, then not a word will fail of any good thing the Lord has spoken to us. The two truths I always want us to remember in the word of God is that the Lord is mindful of his oath and he's able to redeem it to the very letter. Not a word will fail of any good thing the Lord has spoken to us. How often the Israelites murmured because of the length of the journey, were tempted to think the promised land a delusive mirage, that it was better to return to Egypt with its certain bondage and certain leeks and bread. The reports of giants are filled, overwhelmed them with dismay, but not a word failed of all the good things the Lord has spoken to them. That will be your testimony. Just as they possessed their possessions, you shall possess yours. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. He will do the same for you and I. None of the promises failed. All came to pass. Friends, God is faithful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24, Paul the Apostle reiterates this point. He says, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Oh, I love that. I love that. He said, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. To be faithful, ladies and gentlemen, to be faithful means that 
God does all that he says he will do. The Lord is faithful. To be faithful is to be reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. Scripture speaks often of God's faithfulness. When God says he will do something, he does it, even when it seems impossible to us. If this were not the case, if God were unfaithful even once, even once, he would not be God. And we could not rely on any of his promises. But but as it stands today, not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave. God is eternally reliable, steadfast, and unwavering because faithfulness is one of his, his inherent attributes. Based on his faithfulness, when he said sin must be punished, he could not leave sin completely ignored. Someone had to atone for it. And the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law through the grace of God. The faithfulness of God, the absoluteness of God's love, the satisfaction of justice, and the impartation of righteousness, all of them, all of them came together in Christ Jesus. Paul teaches us three things from 1 Thessalonians 5.24. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Three things he teaches us. Number one, God called you. He called you. You did not call yourself. Since he called you, he is obligated to keep you, to keep his word to you and make sure you become everything he called you to be. God's calling is the commencement of a series which terminates in glorification. God, the caller of his people, will cause his calling not to fall short of its designed end. You were called by God. He called you. Number two, he said God is faithful. Oh, you know God is faithful. God does not have to work at being faithful. He is faithful. Faithfulness is an essential part of who he is. He is reliable. He is steadfast. He is unwavering. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3. The reason why some of us can stand tall in life today, I've said this to you before, is because God is a promise keeper. God is faithful and he is gracious. Number three, God will do it. Whatever your it is, God will do it. That is just who he is. He is a promise maker and a promise keeper. God would forfeit his character for keeping his promise if he called and did not enable men to enjoy his promise to them. Friend, he who called you and I is faithful and he will do it. God has begun a work of grace in us and we must depend on his faithfulness to complete it. I proclaim that your season of drought has come to an end. 
You will live and not die to enjoy the new season. It is your season of fulfilled promises. I pray that you will be positioned strategically to receive favor and your blessings. May you see the faithfulness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. As I wrap up this week, I want to indulge you for a moment. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please say this short prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. If you said this prayer, please find a Bible-believing church to attend. If you are ever in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota, come and fellowship with us at 5452 DuPont Avenue North in Brooklyn Center and God will bless you. Until next time, keep on keeping on. I will see you at the top for that is where you belong. Shalom. Thank you for connecting with us today. For more of this content, be sure to subscribe, share, and comment. Engage with us at Christ Covenant Chapel on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Join us same time next week on our next episode.